So my name is Tabitha Swanson, and I am a multidisciplinary designer and creative technologist based out of Berlin. Um, I originally come from Canada, and I've been here for seven years. Throughout my career, I've had a, a few different career changes and kind of hops uh, tangentially from industry to industry and, and job to job. Um, currently, I'm working a lot with 3D, with AR, with uh, UX and UI, and a little bit with digital fashion. But in the past, I've worked in more traditional graphic design. I My degree is in marketing, and I've worked in that. Um, I had an agency that I co-founded back in Canada. And yeah, I think uh, I'm always excited to just learn more and see where life takes me. It's funny that you mentioned that you've had kind of different avenues you've gone down with your career, because whenever I see multidisciplinary designer I do always wonder what that means so can you define what this means in your words yeah I think um design is such a broad term and you know some people are 3d designers some people are uh 2d character animators some people are um you know working with vfx or, or working with color grading for like movie animations and and those are all kind of within the the field of design and motion stuff like that but I think especially when you get deeper into the industry uh, a lot of these jobs have full-time roles with people specializing in just one particular thing um, and while I've definitely had jobs that specialize in one particular thing I think that once I learn that particular thing to an extent where I can work a full-time job in it I because I my curiosity is still there and I, I still want to continue to learn something new and so I think my approach has been very multidisciplinary where yeah I just want to keep learning different aspects of the field and I do think that once I learn a different aspect it very often informs the aspects that I, I previously knew and it actually strengthens them and makes me a better designer in those areas as well. Yeah, it's funny that you say that. Obviously, I'm not a designer myself, but in terms of learning different softwares, stuff like this, I remember when I was younger, I had a stint of like wanting to learn how to edit videos, stuff like this. So using Premiere Pro and then other stuff. And it's funny how later on, these skills come in useful even if it's not directly in that and I think even though yes it's always good to be an expert in one thing and in one area of design I think it's never a bad thing to also know a lot of different avenues as well but I want to ask you so obviously a lot of your design work is digitally focused I wanted to ask how you actually got into this so what led you to wanting to do graphic design, for instance, in the first place? Were you always a creative? Did you start with art or, yeah, how did this all come about? Good question. Um, so I was always, yeah, really creative. Um, my school books were always covered with drawings that I had made um, and stuff like that. But I think actually when I was entering university age, I was kind of gravitating towards either graphic design or like communication um like journalism broadcasting stuff like that 
Um, I ended up choosing graphic design and yeah, sometimes I think back what my life would have been like if I had gone in the communication route. But I think for me, I never properly considered going into a fine art career. Um, I think I was a little pragmatic and and maybe also with um, my family, they kind of raised me in a way where uh, I needed, I really needed a job, you know, when I got older and when I uh, was an adult and would need to support myself and, and they didn't really have the capacity to do that after I turned 18. And um, so I went into graphic design. Uh, after the program, it was a two-year program. It was extremely intense and I kind of decided, oh, I do not want to be a graphic designer. I don't want to work in design. So I've made a funny circle since then. But after that, I went into a um, program for fashion marketing and that was a two-year program that allowed me to bridge uh, it was my third and fourth year into a marketing degree and fashion marketing i had always had a huge interest in fashion like a lot of the sketches that i would make over my school books were um, fashion pieces and different lines that i wanted to make uh, but i didn't really enjoy sewing so i went into fashion marketing learned a lot about forecasting textile science um, different parts about like working in the industry uh, I worked with some of the fashion shows in Vancouver um, and when I went into my marketing degree uh, yeah I took all those skills with me I think when I was in marketing graphic design was such a help to me just knowing how to make documents look really nice or photoshop things for like marketing projects um, and I finished my marketing degree. Uh, I co-founded an agency with my business partner. We were doing mostly B2B marketing, so a little bit less, um, a little bit more pragmatic, a little bit less showy than like direct-to-consumer marketing. Um, this was a lot more technical. You had to really prove things to businesses and reports. Uh, there was a lot of operation stuff as well that we would do. And then, yeah, we did that for about two years. At the tail end of it, I moved to Berlin. My business partner had a child and we had kind of some priorities shift. Uh, so we decided to kind of halt up there. Um, yeah. And then I continued on here in Berlin. I was at, at the agency, actually. I was creative director. Um, we would hire a lot of contractors to work on us, work on projects with us. And so I, I still got to exercise that creative muscle quite a lot, but um, maybe in a, in a different sort of position and with a different sort of perspective. When I moved to Berlin, I was doing a lot of design, a little bit of marketing, helped someone like start a business here. And yeah, just had my hands in many pots. And then I ended up, ended up working with uh, Zalando as a full-time UX and UI designer and uh, over the years, like a lot of the jobs I'd taken on were uh, doing UX and UI, but I'd never had a full-time job in it. So I was working with them for a year and almost a year and a half. Um, and while I was there, I fell very deeply in love with 3D and AR. Um, I had just started doing it on the side in the evenings. Uh, and yeah, I kind of decided that 
I wanted to take the leap again and to continue learning and exploring. Um, Zolando was really good to me, but I think that in that position, uh, it, it wouldn't allow me to explore to the the capacity that I wanted to all these different avenues. So I quit um, in 2019 and started doing AR and, and 3D and, and kind of general design work full time again. Um, and then I've been doing that ever since. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm happy I did it. And I think the next things that I want to learn um, or, or work on rather are I'd love to continue working with digital fashion and maybe maybe not necessarily just in the aesthetic approach. I think that there's a lot of potential there for sustainability or very interesting solutions. Um, I think, yeah, AI is super interesting. I would love to maybe do some research um, on that and, and work a little bit as a researcher for technology. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm super open. I'm, yeah, just seeing where life takes me. Yeah, I have so many comments because, first of all, I think it's really refreshing to hear a realistic and organic career path because I think especially in the creative field, when people haven't actually entered the working life yet, if they're still in university, there's this idea that you need to go straight into your dream creative role. And it sometimes seems like, how do you get there? But I think for the most part and for most people, like you do explore different roles. And like you said, you're doing marketing, you're even doing some operational things and you go to work for Zalando. And that's actually all these things, even though necessarily, yes, you're having this call in your heart to go do something more creative, like all these things are still leading you to that. And it's almost then you almost have to, yeah, build up your skills in other things first to then know which creative route you're taking. Um, and as another side note, just yeah, as a side note, it's funny that you said with fine art and that you were discouraged to do it because of the job opportunities. I had a similar thing, not not really. I think I had like literally a week of thinking, oh, maybe I want to do that as my university degree. And then many people saying, yeah, that would be great, but it's hard to get a job. And I think that's interesting. And I wonder if that will change as well. Or I wonder if other people have experienced that. Um, and it's kind of a shame, but kind of makes sense as well. But um, so I also want to ask you, then you said that you fell in love with 3d um I want to ask why like what was it that attracted you to it and yeah why did you love it so much initially yeah um so maybe just to hop quickly to one of your comments I think um yeah with with fine art I mean I I don't know what the future will bring I do think that from what I've heard from a lot of my friends who went to fine art school they didn't even have a class on like how to do like self-marketing how to take care of finances or, or whatever and I think for me after doing like a, a marketing degree I look back and, and maybe at the time there was a part of me that was like annoyed with being in the, the marketing program or like wishing that there were uh that it was a little bit more free creatively in, in certain ways, even though it very much prepared me to work with brands and, and you know, I can completely understand where all campaigns are going and, and what the point of them are. So I think that um, 
elevates my work in the corporate sense, but I do look back and I, I am grateful for those business related classes, like taking accounting courses or whatever. I think this is something that in the future, if uh, people in fine art are going to continue to be able to succeed and, and succeed even further than they are now, I do think that some of those courses should be introduced into some of those programs because I think a lot of people come out having worked a lot in fine art and, and really having flexed that muscle, but in terms of applying it to kind of real world situations in a way where they can financially sustain themselves, I think that their education is has not always done the job. So I, yeah, I would hope that that would be introduced um, within those programs. But for 3D, yeah, I... I think for me, I was always like making up stories. I was always drawing. I was uh, a huge reader. I was for a very long time reading like a book a day. I would get in trouble because I was reading so much. Um, but it was just the creation of worlds. Like I think in many ways, uh, a piece of fiction is the closest you can get to reading someone's mind or understanding rather just how like how that person's mind works and of course it's only through like a very small lens and you can only grasp a certain perspective of it but I think there's something similar to making 3D worlds because the person creating it creates every single part of it they dictate like what colors are in there how things interact with each other what is even in the world and what is not in the world and I think that level of control of creation can offer a lot of uh, insight into yourself. But I think for me, I've also felt a feeling of hope. Um, when COVID was here and uh, a little bit intense with the lockdowns and everything, I did find myself uh, finding solace actually in making different 3D universes and and scenes and kind of stories within that because in a world that on the outside was so uncontrollable I could have a very safe like controllable area that you know I governed and COVID wasn't in there and and stuff like that. No, I love it. I think the fantasy aspect of 3D is something that I really love and admire in the work that other people do as well. But I wanted to ask you, obviously you have your commercial work and then you have your artistic work. And that sounds like it really is the artistic work that makes you love 3D. So do you think that 3D, things like digital fashion as well, is that reserved for people's fantasy and creativity? Or do you see the bigger commercial brands actually use this and do you think that they will i mean i think they already are <clears throat> for a lot of uh brands i mean we saw last year like and and this year maybe as well already but h&m like vogue nike all of these big brands were already doing things in the metaverse i've worked with quite a few of these brands as well um on like 3d uh, assets for them or or they've hired me directly as an artist and I've 
I've done that for them. Um, I think augmented reality as well is something that brands really hopped on, um, especially in like 2019, 2020, when it was super fresh, like every brand kind of had to get a new filter. Yeah, so I, I do think that whenever something is new and exciting, it will eventually make its way into the corporate realm, which doesn't isn't necessarily a bad thing. But um, yeah, I, I think anything that draws interest and and is cool and technology like a technological advancement, brands will uh, work with. Yeah, and do you find that all these technological advancements, like you said, do you find that helps your creative process um, or hinders it? Um, I think it's, these are all tools like anything else. Um, I think that at the moment I'm staying on top of it. Um, and I'm, you know, I've, I've been able to stay pretty current with it. So I think it it really is an asset to my, to my higher ability and also to my, uh, creative, uh, process because I can use these tools, uh, adeptly and create things that have different dimensions to them that I wouldn't have been able to create had I not explored them. Um, I do think that maybe if someone hasn't learned them yet, it can feel a little bit scary or like they're behind or or whatever. But I think that once they take that leap, um, most of these things are pretty pretty okay to learn. Like some of them have small learning curves, but with the learning resources we have available to us now with YouTube and all these different online courses where you can kind of learn anything you want to. Um, I would say anything is within grasp and I think it just takes perseverance, Um, like a little bit of time, even if it's half an hour a day or an hour a day, like that's how I learned AR and also 3D was I would just go home from work and spend like half an hour doing something every evening which is less time than like a Netflix show you know but I think the real thing is is just sticking with it I think yeah often it's just repetition and and trying to continue to solve a problem until you've solved it and once you've solved it you've learned so much and you can take those skills to the next project but yeah, just just keep sticking with it, I think, is, is my philosophy with learning new things. Yeah, I think that's really good advice, because sometimes when you see these amazing digital artworks or digital fashion on social media or wherever, it can be like, wow, this is so incredible, but how on earth did someone make this? And if you're interested in starting, then obviously what you make is worlds away from what you've seen. So but it is that little and often and repetition, like you said. So I think that's really encouraging. But you also, obviously, one aspect of your job role is a creative technologist. I think this is a still a fairly new work field and role, but it's very interesting. So I want you to explain, like, what's your definition of a creative technologist and what does this actually involve? Yeah, I would say that... Um maybe everyone's uh, enactment or portrayal of a creative technologist is maybe slightly different depending on the technology that they use. But in a general sense, I would say that a creative technologist is someone who 
uses um, like up-to-date current technologies, but through a creative lens. And I do think that making technology accessible to people and allowing them to use it in all sorts of ways um, is not only interesting, but actually benefits the technology itself because these people who are using it in in all these different creative ways that maybe it wasn't uh, meant for or thought of uh, initially uh, is going to test all these different corner cases for how this technology can be used and take it into different realms in the future. And yeah, so I, I, I try to have that approach whenever I come across a, a new technology, like not necessarily just sticking within the bounds it was meant for, though, of course, I try to uh, learn the parameters of it or, or how to use it properly, but yeah, how to use it in different ways. And I think also that with having a multidisciplinary approach, you are able to kind of mix these different aspects into it that if someone's only using it in in one particular way, mixing in no other no other perspectives into it are yeah. They, they might not be able to reach those solutions. Yeah, I love how you've said um, thinking of ways that technology can be used, like not in its intended sense or traditional sense, because for me, even though I haven't thought about this, I feel like that's how I would define a creative technologist. So when it's what sets it apart than someone just working with these technologies for one purpose, it's looking at what's available to us and thinking how can this be used in a creative sense and I heard something once that always sticks with me and it's that we can only design what the technology of the time dictates and I think that's a really relevant comment for the time we're in right now with all these emerging technologies like it's really opening up um, the realms of what we can design, how we can design. And I think, yeah, it's important that there are these people who are, have the ability to look at these technologies and have the eye for how they can be used in different ways. And I think this is particularly relevant in the fashion industry. You only have to look at gaming and fashion. Like these are two different industries with different technologies. Things like virtual production is not a technology that was made for fashion, but it's going to have huge impact on the fashion industry. So I think that's really interesting. But can you also give an example of a commercial job or even just a personal project that you've done that you were in your creative technologist role and what this involved? I think one job that I, I really enjoyed that was a little bit different from some of my other jobs was um, when I was working as the principal product designer, so doing UX and UI for a company called Neomento, which was initially started uh, through Charité, which is a medical institution and like research facility here in Berlin. And uh, yeah, Neomento is, is still around. I uh, stopped working with them last year after working with them for two years. They're really great people. And the product was creating virtual reality therapy which was fascinating and I think uh, definitely a first step into what we might see in the future with um, using technology in a way that really benefits people. Um, and essentially how it works is the therapist and the patient have to sit together in a uh, like the therapist's office. Um, the therapist is sat at the 
computer and they are seeing everything that the patient is seeing. Uh, and then they also have kind of different controls within the screen that they can uh, click and, and things will interact with the, with the user, with the uh, patient and uh, guide them through different simulations. And the patient is kind of put into a scene. There are different scenes in there from, you know, renting a book at the library or using the train, stuff like that. And these are simulations that's designed to help people with um, like anxiety disorders and, and difficulty uh, doing things that other people might not uh, struggle with kind of day-to-day tasks sometimes. And it's a type of exposure therapy. So allowing the patient to go through all of these different simulations in a very safe environment, um, but experience like a very wide range of what could happen to them. And within the session, the uh, therapist can uh, like change the amount of people that talk to them or how how much people look at them or uh you know the tone of voice or, or the different tasks that the, the patient has to do and uh yeah so essentially i was taking in all of these uh, uh different uh dimensions that had to be in there and designing an interface uh so that the therapist could guide the patient through this process very seamlessly i also had to learn quite a bit about the therapy industry and the medical industry and, you know, how to display heart rate monitors or um, measuring the amount of perspiration that someone has on their body or uh, like tracking someone's breathing, stuff like that, and and feed it all into um, a very easy to understand visual because the therapist has to be able to react very instantaneously to what they're seeing and uh, very much roll with the punches in terms of uh, guiding the the patient through it in in real time, taking in all this information, and yeah, I think for me that this this is a really good example of where technology will continue in the future. I think that what we see with AR and digital fashion is right now the most popular uses of these are are super novel very fun like you know people are dressing influencers and making uh ar fashion for people to try on on their phone which is which is fun and and you know which we should be doing um or like having face filters that make us look snatched or like give us like plastic surgery or, or nice skin or whatever and i think that those are all really fun and and something that is like a very natural process with these, but I do think that these technologies will evolve to become more pragmatic. Um, and for example, AR in the future um, will maybe be a little bit more boring, but a little bit more integrated into our daily lives. Like having the ability to take your phone and look through it uh, at your plumbing and AR will just like pop up and tell you what all these pieces are and what's wrong with it and how to fix it. Or you open the hood of a car and you just like look through your phone and it tells you every single piece and what to check if your car breaks down. Or even with fashion, like having uh, apps that are able to very accurately size people um, so that there are less orders of sizes that don't fit or in the in the future after that maybe like having 
apps that are able to accurately size people and then uh, a garment is able to be made like as directly fitting that person which would hugely hugely reduce the waste in the fashion system fashion system of like making stuff you don't want to you don't know if it's going to sell shipping it overseas um all the misprints everything like that like there's there's a ton of stuff that's wasted and i think that the future uh, possibilities of these technologies uh, really really means that you can be quite sustainable compared to what we're doing now and, and quite helpful as well, um, even if it may not be quite as flashy or, or feeling as novel maybe as what it is now. Yeah, I absolutely love what you're saying. It really reminds me of something that I heard at the Digital Fashion Week in London that I went to last week. So someone said something. I wish I could remember the person who said this, because it was such an insightful comment. If I remember, I'll add it in because um, it's, yeah, credit to this person for saying this. But they basically said that, obviously, yes, digital fashion or these new technologies are new and exciting and fun right now. But really, the goal is for them to become boring, in a sense. Well, not boring. Yes, well, standard. So it's a bit like what you're saying is, having these technologies used day-to-day life in processes that actually have real value so like you were saying with the therapy use case not that this is boring at all obviously it's not but as in it's becoming something that isn't just used for the fun and novelty it's something that's actually bringing value and integrated into industries and I think that's really and yeah, obviously we're on the role of a, on the topic of the role of the creative technologist but I feel like that's really it as well where you really deep dive into how these technologies can bring long-term value to industries rather than just a one-off fun snapchat filter and I think yeah for sure that is how it's going to be and I think it should actually be the goal of any new startup that's integrating a new novel technology or digital fashion or anything like this I think their goal should be that it becomes something that is just used every day like email like something like this like in that way um so it's a really amazing point and that sounds like an amazing project I I agree I feel like um VR AR that really has the ability to be used um in ways like you said exposure therapy but also yeah for, for other things as well kind of in that realm I think that's really interesting and I think as well it's also good to know that you being a creative technologist you could be working on many different projects like you said you were working in having to learn um about about the world of therapy and stuff like this how do you find tackling a project like that do you need like a lot of time to delve into the industry or do you kind of learn as you go I think a little bit of both I think it depends on the situation I think for for the therapy one um I learned I tried to look up a little bit of stuff but I think it's so like niche and and some of the things are so intricate that you can't learn until you actually start working in it um when I was doing that project I had to definitely keep in mind like a lot of things that therapists were used to which meant that I actually had to go into all these uh different softwares and and I didn't have access to them before I started the project but there were were therapists and like doctors on the team and they really like guided me through the standard um, products, what therapists were expecting, what was the norm in the medical industry, and and 
really I got a lot of training directly from them. And they also, you know, I also had to understand what the patient would be going through. So I was strapped into a lot of these medical monitors and um, shown how they worked. And for example, um, there was one one uh, day where I was strapped into everything and it was just, we were going through different simulations and um, things that are very normal in therapy, especially when you are monitoring stuff like this, you get like a, a baseline. And uh, I would be asked like, all sorts of questions, um, nothing inappropriate, but just like very difficult questions. And, you know, I would watch myself on the on the monitors become a little bit more anxious or, um, yes, yeah, start sweating or something. And so I, I really got to understand from like the first person perspective what I should be deciding for and, and how these technologies worked. Um, and I am really thankful for that project and, uh, yeah, just the learnings that I was able to take from it. Wow, that is so interesting. And, yeah, it's so cool that you're able to learn about an industry that you may never have been exposed to. And, yeah, like you said, get first-hand experience of what it could be like. I feel like that's completely invaluable. And go, going back to a point that you mentioned at the start, you never know when this kind of experience will come in useful again. And I'm sure it will only help you to be like a better designer and creative. So, wow, it's really interesting. It's a really interesting role. And I think everything that you're saying, it just shows that, yeah, you really don't have to corner yourself into one specific area of design or one type of designing. Like you can really be this person who's constantly exploring new things and if anything, that's going to help your career. So it's really, it's really interesting. But I also wanted to ask you, so obviously you were, working in a more corporate role for Zalando and then you took the bold move of um, going freelance and independent and I think a lot of people want to do this um, or think about doing this but almost are scared to because of the comfort of leaving a big brand especially Zalando obviously it's like a comfortable position in a good company to work for so I wanted to ask how this process was and what was what was the some of the challenges in doing this and what advice would you give to someone if they're wanting to do a similar thing? I think one of the catalysts, um, which which also relates to something we spoke about before, was I was very briefly um, involved in a project that they were doing in the research department, which was um, where they 3D scanned me, actually. And and they were trying to make a sizing app at the time where where people could measure themselves and and this would reduce the the returns and uh, kind of the waste in that department. But I think the technology in 2018, 2019 was not where it is now and it's not where it will be in a, in a couple of years. But I think that was really, um, I don't know, a, a moment of, of surprise and delight for me. And uh, even in the very small role that I played of, of being a 3D scanned person and them kind of comparing that to the measurements of the app and, and seeing how to approach this problem, it really was a bit of a wake-up call. And it was like, wow, the technology is so cool. And, and at that time, that was kind of the most advanced that you can could do in, in that realm. But um, yeah, I was, I was so interested. And I think that that also um, 
I was already doing a little bit of 3D, but that inspired me to do it a lot more. I think it definitely is scary to leave something that is secure, especially um, something that's very financially secure, but maybe because I had worked for a long time in freelance and I had also like owned a business in the past, I felt a little bit more comfortable going back to it. But I think one piece of advice I would give to everyone is no matter what change you make in your life, um, you can always go back. Like say you decide to leave your comfortable UX job and you want to learn about like AI or whatever, you can do that like in the evenings a little bit. And when you feel like you've learned at least the basics and like at least enough to be able to broach that and, and look for different opportunities in that field, you can always go back. If you quit, you can always go back. You can always go back to UX. You can find another UX job, but why not take this chance now? Um, and obviously everyone's situation is different. Like some people have dependents or some people, yeah, just have different situations. But whatever that means to you of moving forward, um, just remember that you can always go back. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. I think especially if you're early on in your career as well. And like you said, if you if you're kind of only looking out for your self if you yeah so um, but any situation I think it's always worth the risk to kind of follow your dream and like you said it can you can deal with going back later so I think that's that's really good advice but I know that you also um work within digital fashion so I wanted to kind of pick your brain a bit about this as well so how did you first hear about digital fashion what was your first um like what was your first thought about it when you saw it and yeah what what do you do within it now? I think I heard about it a number of years ago. Um, I mean, obviously, there's been some degree of digital fashion for a very long time with video games and stuff like that, but it definitely has become a lot more accessible and a lot more popular in the last um, few years. And I mean, for me, if there's a bit of an element to it where it's it's a full circle for me from going from my childhood where I was drawing all these different fashion lines and expressing my creativity in that way, but not wanting to be behind a sewing machine to, you know, going through all these different careers, marketing, UX, like AR, 3D, and, and digital fashion uh, a little bit. Now I am was kind of able to take all those skills I have of 3D marketing, AR, and now I can kind of come back around and use those to make this fashion without a sewing machine. Um, I think I still, for the most part, treat uh, the digital fashion that I make as a more creative thing. I think that there are some people out there who even like come from a, a background of making clothes IRL, and they've translated that into some very, very, very um, honed-in skills with digital fashion. I think at that point, um, at, like my my skills are not at that point. I'm, I'm still just making things for fun and everything might not be like 100% measured out in the perfect way, um, in a way where you could like print it and it would be like a, a pattern that you could sew in real life. 
And I think that my intention with digital fashion is to continue to make creative things. Like I've made a couple of filters, like fashion filters, which look a little busted, so they're not public. Um, but to continue to explore, I think I'm very interested in the in the research side of it as well and um, how to maybe problem solve in a way that's not simply aesthetic uh, and in, in a way that's not simply um, like producing things for brands, if that makes sense. And and I think it's great when people can do that. And that's like a really awesome skill that they've, they've honed. But I think I, I want to zoom out a little bit and look at look at the bigger picture in that industry for for mm. me and, and that's kind of my intention with it yeah I kind of love people just using digital fashion for a creative expression I think that's if nothing else I think that's a really nice use case for it and it's like brings people a lot of joy and like you said kind of brings them back full circle to when they were a child and just innocently creating um fun fashion concept so I think if yeah like I said if nothing else I think that's just a really nice way digital fashion can be used and seen but apart from digital fashion obviously you are aware of a lot of different technologies so how do you if you do how do you interact with these new innovations just in your daily life outside of your work I think because I'm a freelancer maybe that boundary can be a little bit different um and maybe also because I'm, I'm very passionate about it I think sometimes when that happens it it bleeds into like your interests outside of work as well I think um I am reading a lot of like forums or reddit or news and I think it's going to affect us in pretty much every way like with the with the um feats of AI now after you know six years ago we kind of started doing a lot of these uh like GANs or whatever being able to make images um from a, a database compilation of other images and and now where we've come to with mid-journey and stuff like that I, I think it's an incredible tool and I think that um yeah I'm I'm just trying to keep uh trying to keep up I think yeah, things are changing so quickly in, in the next five years. We're going to see so many changes and it's going to extend so far beyond just our work. Like maybe in those five years, we will have um, those AR apps with, with AI capabilities of recognizing certain things um, to be able to just help us in our daily lives. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that answered the question. But, uh... No, it does. It does completely. I think I completely agree. It's going to change so, so much in the next five years. And I really think the role of a creative technologist in the next five years is going to become so much more common. Um, but I also just as a side note, I wanted to ask, obviously, you're a very creative person. How do you feel about AI for design? I think AI is a tool like anything else. I do think that there are so many possibilities for designers to make things that they, and, and artists to make things that they wouldn't have necessarily been able to do either in the timeline or, or with their own skill set. Um, so I think for people who have started to adopt it, it's going to just continue to amplify their ability to create. 
I think that I do see a lot of people shunning AI and I think everyone should do what they feel is right. But I, I don't think AI is going anywhere, especially with this creative stuff. And I think that to turn your back on a tool, I think could just only detriment you as a creative, but potentially, but again, everyone should choose their own route with that. Um, I think I do, I wonder a lot about um, people's ability to sustain themselves in the future, especially in kind of more creative roles. I do think that there will always have to be someone at the end, or at least in, in the future that I can see, which is like the next little while. But I do think there will always have to be someone behind the AI kind of curating and guiding it and stuff like that. But I do think the amount of people needed for a certain project will be a lot less. Um, and maybe that means there will be more projects out there um, because the ability to create content will just be greater. Um, I, I really don't know. I think I think that uh, without policies guiding corporations and letting them know what they should do and how they should treat people with these new changes. Um, I don't necessarily trust large corporations whose bottom line is, at the end of the day, always money. Um, so we'll have to see where that goes. I I think there have been so many different, like the Industrial Revolution, et cetera, like so many different points where um, work has been optimized. And I, I do think that technically the optimization of work is always good because um, it allows people to to do more. Um, but we'll see. I, I think the main thing I'm curious about is is people's ability to, to sustain themselves with all of the upcoming changes. And, and maybe I do worry about the people who are shunning AI completely and, and not wanting to learn about it or, or integrate it at all, because I think that um, the ability to use AI for the jobs that come in the future or to at least have a basic understanding of it um that's going to kind of be in the job requirement for a lot of creative jobs I think that's such a valuable insight um yeah I think I couldn't agree more with what you're saying I think that's very very insightful um so in this way as well what is the most exciting innovation that you've seen recently oh that is such a tough question um I feel like every day I am reading so many things and, and maybe it's also internet brain, but at this moment I can't seem to remember any of them. But uh, I did see something recently that was cool um, from the platform Runway. Um, and it was essentially like, there's also a program called EBSynth that does something similar to it, but the one that I saw from Runway was really nice where people were taking uh, videos that they had just made on their iPhone and then they could uh, in tandem to that upload an image that would be used as like a style to be applied to the video. Um, and that this isn't necessarily anything new, but just the, the aesthetic of it and, and how good it looked, uh, I was really excited about. And it's not open at the moment like not everyone can can work with it because I think it's still in beta but um 
Yeah, I thought that was very cool. I I think there are more that I've read that were a little bit more helpful to society that I can't remember. But yeah, I think um, I think there are going to be some really incredible and maybe also some some incredibly terrifying uh, things that we see in the next few years. Yeah, no, I think that's an amazing answer. And it is a hard question because there's so many different new things cropping up. And like you said, you could say one that's really going to help sustainability or really help um, society or just be very novel and aesthetically beautiful. So I completely get your answer. And yeah, we'll have to just see how it all evolves. But as a kind of closing question, I wanted to ask what advice you would give to your younger self on your artistic journey. And maybe in this question, you can also weave in kind of advice on someone for someone who maybe wanted to get into the role of a creative technologist as well. Maybe something I'd say to my younger self is I think all the journeys that I've had have made me the person that I am today. And while I would never want to change them simply because of that, I would say never accept less than your worth. Um, You know, there are all sorts of, I think, especially in the more classic design realm, um, there's some really toxic dynamics that like clients have with their designers and you know just asking for too much um skipping payment whatever i think i would say never accept less than what you're worth and yeah if if someone's not paying just uh go to the legal people right away um and then i think for people trying to get into creative technology i would say go with your passion go like let your passion lead you where you're meant to be and Uh, let your curiosity kind of run wild a little bit because I think when you're curious and when you allow yourself to be curious um, the world really opens up to you and you are able to kind of delve deeper into things about yourself things about the world um, yeah that you might not have been able to access had you not allowed yourself to be curious and to to want to learn more um yeah so just just allow yourself to be and um you'll end up where you need to be wow I love it I've I think everything you said has just been really really inspiring so thank you so much I feel like that's such a great way to end it but finally where can people see your work and learn more about you yeah um so you can find me on instagram and twitter um my handle on both is tabitha swanson underscore and yeah i would love to see what y'all are up to amazing well thank you so so much Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones 
who get it done.